following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Pataka Swami Maharaj on November 17th, 2007. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, chapter 20, verse 18. Text 18, Chapter 20, Canto 3, Srimad Bhagavatam, Conversation between Maitreya and Vidura, Class on the Srimad Bhagavatam, Translation and Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. He gave a class given today at Krishna Balaram Mandir Vrindavan. What's the date today? 17th uh, November 2007, 521 Gore Abda. Second half of Lord Brahma's life. Sasarja, let's see. Sasarja Chayaya Vidya. Pancha Parvana Agrata Tamisram Anda Tamisram Tamo Moho Mahatamaha Sasarja Chaya Vidya Pancha Parvana Magrataha Tamisram and Tamisram Tamomoho Mahatamaha Translation by His Divine Grace, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First of all, Brahma created from His shadow the coverings of ignorance of the conditioned souls. They are five in number and are called Tamisra, Andatamisra, Tamas, Moha, and Mahamoha. Sometimes the Maha, this Mahatama is also known as Mahamoha. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The conditioned souls are living entities who come to the material world to enjoy sense gratification are covered in the beginning by five different conditions. The first condition is the covering of tamisra or anger. Constitutionally each and every living entity has minute independence. It is misuse of that minute independence for the conditioned soul to think that he can also enjoy like the Supreme Lord or to think, why shall I not be a free enjoyer like the Supreme Lord? 
This forgetfulness of his constitutional position is due to anger or envy. The living entity being eternally apart and parcel servitor of the Supreme Lord can never by constitution be an equal enjoyer with the Lord. When he forgets this, however, and tries to be one with him, his condition is called tamisra. Even in the field of spiritual realization, this tamisra mentality of the living entity is hard to overcome. In trying to get out of the entanglement of material life, there are many who want to be one with the Supreme. Even in their transcendental activities, this lower grade mentality of tamisra continues. Anda tamisra invokes, involves rather, considering death to be the ultimate end. The atheists generally think that the body is the self and that everything is therefore ended with the end of the body. Thus they want to enjoy material life as far as possible during the existence of the body. Their theory is, quote, as long as you live, you should live prosperous, prosperously. Never mind whether you commit all kinds of so-called sins. You must eat sumptuously, beg, borrow and steal. And if you think that by stealing and borrowing, you are being entangled in sinful activities for which you will have to pay, then just forget that misconception. Because after death, everything is finished. No one is responsible for anything he does during his life, unquote of the atheistic concept. This atheistic conception of life is killing human civilization, for it is without knowledge of the continuation of eternal life. So that's Tamisra, under Tamisra. This under Tamisra ignorance is due to Tamas. The condition of not knowing anything about the spirit soul is called Tamas. Do you know any people in this world that don't know about the existence of the spirit soul? Met a few people like that? Okay, they're under Tamas. This material world is also generally called tamas because 99% of its living entities are ignorant of their identity as soul. Almost everyone is thinking that he is the body, he is this body, he has no information of the spirit soul. Guided by this misconception one always thinks, quote, this is my body. And anything in relationship with this body is mine. Unquote. For such misguided living entities, sex life is the background of material existence. Actually the conditioned souls in ignorance 
of this material world are simply guided by sex life. And as soon as they got, get the opportunity for sex life, they become attached to so-called home, motherland, children, wealth, and opulence. As these attachments increase, moha, or the illusion of the bodily concept of life, also increases. Thus the idea that, quote, I am this body and everything belong, belonging to this body is mine, unquote, also increases. And as the whole world is put into moha, sectarian societies, families and nationalities are created and they fight with one another. Mahamoha, the fifth, means to be mad after material enjoyment. Especially in this age of Kali, everyone is overwhelmed by the madness to accumulate paraphernalia for material enjoyment. These definitions are very nicely given in Vishnu Puran, wherein it is said, Tamo viveka, tamo viveko mohasyad, antakarana vibrama, mahamohastu vigyeyo, gamya boga sukaishana, maranam hyanda tamisram, tamisram kroda uchate, avidya pancha parvaisha, pradur bhuta, Mahatmana. And thus end the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation and purport to the Srimad Bhagavatam, third canto, chapter 20, text 18, in the matter of conversation between Maitreya and Vidura. Well, there's also text 19, which doesn't have a purport, might as well. Visasarjatmanakayam Nabinandam stamomayam Jagrihur yaksharakshansi Ratring shutrit samudbhavam Understood? Translation Out of disgust, Brahma threw off the body of ignorance and taking this opportunity, yakshas and rakshasas spring for possession of the body, which continued to exist in the form of night. Night is the source of hunger and thirst. Text 20. Kshut trit bhyam upashrishtaste tamjak dhum abhidudhruva dudhruvu marakshatainam jakshadvam Translation, overpowered by hunger and thirst, they ran to devour Brahma from all sides and cried, Spare him not! Eat him up! Purport, the representatives of the Yakshas and Rakshasas still exist in some countries of the world it is understood that such uncivilized men take pleasure in killing their own grandfathers 
and holding a love feast by roasting the bodies. Okay, so... Simad Bhagavatam 18-19-20 So the five kinds of covering of ignorance of the conditioned souls. We hope that everybody who becomes Krishna conscious can get freed from these coverings. Maybe you can remember a time when you were somewhat covered by these conceptions of life. At least those who were not born in Krishna consciousness. You are born in this kind of ignorance. Where we think we are the body. So this body of ignorance, where this ignorant body was covering Brahma, we will discuss how he dealt with that later. So first thing is our enviousness, our anger against Krishna. This is like the original reason we come into the material world. We want to enjoy like Krishna. We cannot enjoy like Krishna because he's the absolute truth, but something like a little bit in the material world we get some minute ability to enjoy. Gornitai ki, Guru Guranga ki, Krishna Balaram ki, Sri So this idea that wanting to enjoy like the Lord, this is the ignorance, this is the tamistra. Somebody who wants to get spiritual realization, and Prabhupada explains that their danger is that they may also want to be spiritually one with God. As you go walking on the road here, there's so many pictures of different lectures. Babas and Takurs and Pandits. And most of them, they, they say, Bhakti Jnana Yagya. When they say Jnana Yagya, usually it means that at the end of the lecture they all want to merge. It's a, they use Bhakti to attract the Bhaktas, but the Jnana means that they want to become one with God. Once I was at, uh, I think it was some Janmashtami festival, in Patna, in Bihar, and they hired one drama troupe. So the drama troupe was showing the 
drama of Mirabai, the great Rajasthani devotee who had accepted Krishna as her husband. And she went through many trials and tribulations and she was, Prabhupada said, she's a great devotee. So, we may not agree exactly with her methodology. We follow the six Goswamis, a slightly different approach. But anyway, she was a devotee. And, but somehow at the end of this drama, they show that she meets with Krishna. And then they had something like a spinning wheel and some strobe lights. And then they said, now she's merging with Krishna. Spoiling the whole thing. When is, she never wanted to merge with Krishna. She wanted to be Krishna's husband, uh, wife. But like this, and so people getting their brains spoiled. I was sitting in Bombay in the airport, and when one lady came up to me, she's dressed in white, she's an elderly lady, maybe 65, and she said, I'm your life member. But I have one question. Why you devotees, why you in Iskon, worship the deities. I mean, after all, God is formless. So why are you worshipping deities? So here's one of our live members. You know, and she, I wish she didn't read the books that she got. <laughs> Otherwise, she'd know that Prabhupada has explained how this uh, impersonalism is a uh, Bewildering people. It's a big calamity. What's that? No, I can't remember. What's that uh, poem Prabhupada wrote in the Vyasa Puja? Absolute sentient. Thou hast proved. Impersonal calamity. Thou hast moved. The Lord Chaitanya also said, Mayavadi kata sunli hoya sarbonash. That you get all the uh, difficulties, destruction, by listening to the Mayavadis. So I wonder, one or two had Tulsi malas, but so many advertisements for the big... Uh, lectures, but everyone says jnana. But we say bhakti vedant. But our conclusion is that we should surrender to Krishna. We should be Krishna's eternal servant. By serving Krishna, you actually get the maximum happiness. But this ignorance makes us want to enjoy the material world or even to enjoy the spiritual world. Prabhupada once said that Mayavadi and Sahaja is two sides of the same coin. That Sahaja, Mayavadi means you want to become God or be one with God, merge with God. 
And the sadhya means that you just imagine that you're a great pure devotee. You're one of the eternal associates of the Lord. Just by imagining it. Don't have to preach, don't have to do sadhana, don't have to do... Just you just find some Babaji who will tell you that uh, this is what you are and bus. And there are many there waiting on the path to tell you your sampradaya is not good. I'll give you your ekadas bhav, your eleven. But we don't want someone to just tell us you're a cowherd boy or you're a peacock or you're a cow. We want to realize that. We want Krishna to reveal in our heart that we see who we are, we see Krishna in the perspective of that relationship, not just something, of, you know, from a third party that someone can say anything and say you're an American or you're a Russian or what. We want to know what I am spiritually by realization. That we get by practicing bhakti yoga which is the process that Śrīla Prabhupāda gave us. So that process is the opposite of this tamisra. So we have to be very careful about the different forms of tamisra. Material, mayavad and sahajya. So then, let's see here, we go from tamisra to under tamisra. Blind ignorance. That's the people that think that death is the ultimate. Eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we will die. Once one of these uh, publishers, uh, one of these uh, men's magazine, he, he wrote that you know there's no uh, ultimate higher reality. And the goal in life is to accumulate as many toys as possible. Cars, jewelry, different machines. And whoever dies with the most toys, he wins. So it seems they never grew up. So this, uh, these are under Tamisra, blind ignorance. Deathly ignorance. So they think that death is the end. So they're trying to squeeze out from this body. But in Krishna consciousness we know that this body anyway has got very limited happiness. There's only a certain amount of happiness you can get from the senses. Here during the uh, period of the Roman culture, People were also trying to enjoy life so much that they would eat and then they would put a feather down their throat and vomit out the food and eat again. This is called hedonistic society. Just meant for enjoying. But this is what many people are after. This is the danger. Yesterday, Devaki Nanda Prabhu in our meeting was uh, telling how he met, he got the contact for one 
Indian who was a multi-millionaire, made $120 million dollars and uh, he wanted to get an interview to cultivate him. But he said, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in culture, I don't believe in any of these things. So what do we, what we'll talk about? So somehow he convinced him and then they were talking and then he got, now apparently he's become more favorable and he's chanting and everything. Or he's liking prasadam. There are people like that, you know, even the modern, some modern Indians, uh, although they're born in this great culture, all over the world there are people who are simply after sense gratification. Maybe they have a higher purpose that maybe mix it with a little more of goodness, help humanity be an ecological favorable something, but simply a material concept of life. They need, it's not a satisfying point of view. But somehow, for this official stance of uh, the communists, the religion is the opium of the people, things like that, so... We had to deal with all this, but sometimes by giving good association, by giving by people seeing that you are genuinely happy in Krishna consciousness, they may hanker for your association, they may hanker for your uh, your positive vibration. I remember once in. Uh, Gohati. We are establishing the new temple there, building it. We had to get all kinds of uh, government approvals and things. There was one life member who helped us a lot. He was very good service attitude, but he was in the Tamisra mode. He would meditate in his closet on a deerskin, wearing a loincloth and he was trying to merge into the light. Once he came by with a book called uh, Merge in the Light or something, Jyoti Pot. We told him this book is not really suitable for our temple. But I remember I had a discussion with this uh, life member. He liked the devotees a lot. But then, uh, so I had a discussion, I showed him the 14th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, it says, Brahmano Pratishtaham, that I am the basis of the impersonal Brahman. And when he saw that, and he read the purport, he got, oh no, 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 what's happening to me? My whole life I've understood that the impersonal Brahman is the basis of everything. And how is it, I mean, like he went through this, like, I, like he was going through really uh, withdrawal symptoms or something. Uh, and uh, so I can't talk anymore, this is too much for me. So anyway, I left him that night. Next day I came and he was happy and smiling and I wondered what happened to him. So I asked him what happened and then uh, he said, I called up my professor friend at the University of Assam and he told me that Brahmano Pratishtaham means that four-headed Brahma. I'm the basis of four-headed Brahma. Oh no, but Prabhupada and all the purports said, this is specifically not discussing with four-headed Brahma. This is talking about the impersonal Brahman. 
So then I remember that once Prabhupada said, don't try, you know, if you see that someone's really gung-ho mayavadi, then better to engage them in service and try to just unendingly discuss with them. So then uh, we continued to engage him in service and he came, but we didn't talk anymore about the philosophy. After a few years of doing service, maybe his punya, his sukriti had increased, then he, he approached me once, you know, I'm starting to understand about the personal concept, starting to make sense to me. I was so blissful, you know, Haribo! So you can, you can study when you see people who are in Maya, are they in the Anda Tamisra level or the Tamisra level or the, let's see, what's the next one? We got a few, four, five levels here. Then we have the Tamas level. The Tamas level, not knowing anything about the spirit soul. Totally bodily concept of life or mental concept of life, Tamas. There's some people called Tamas, right? Tamas. So one of Krishna's name is Tamoha. He cuts the Tamas. Actually even some, I mean like, even Hiranyakashipu was a great Rakshasa, demon, Asura, but he, he knew that there was a spirit soul. There's that lecture he gave to his relatives when uh, Hiranyaksha had died. So some of these uh, demons, and they know about the soul, but uh, they're very powerful. You have to watch out for those ones. But generally here, this is just a bodily concept. This is the problem of the modern world that is completely a bodily concept. Even in religion they say, you have a soul. Like you are the body, you have a soul. Like this soul, what is some kind of an abstract thing there. So, then from this uh, tamas idea, you have home, motherland, and you have all the increasing of the sexual attachments, so from those different attachments comes moha or the illusion of the bodily concept of life. Somehow they always say that this year we're having, the next year we're having the Olympics in uh, China and they always say the Olympics in, uh, improve world peace but not exactly sure how that works. But uh, we see that uh, recently uh, in Russia there was a news I think I was watching and they, they said that uh, they are following in the footsteps of the British football hooligans. That the British football hooligans, they have, they, they're there, they admire them. And so now they have Russian football hooligans who like to attack people and beat them up and uh, after football. If you win, it's a good cause to have a fight and if you lose, you have a good cause to have a fight. So they fight. 
So this is uh, the Moha and Tamas. What does the football team have to do with anything eternal? But they're willing to die for the, just for the ignorant of this identification. So they have to show that the huge street battles, fighting. I remember once in the London, our devotees are doing Harinam and in, the, in what's that called, the Oxford Street. And then uh, uh, the football game had let out and there was a group of hooligans came down, they attacked the devotees. So after that, the devotees had to do Harinam with uh, flags on thick sticks. <laughs> So in case they were attacked, they could have some defense. <laughs> but uh, I remember once in Calcutta, Calcutta they also have some of this. In India, they told us we had to do our Rathyatra an hour earlier because the football game would get out at 4 o'clock and whichever team lost would go around and take razor blades and slash people's faces and cut tires and do crazy things. So I mean... Not that, that, that this tamas and this uh, moha is not there also in, uh, in India. So we had to move out. So they said we should get way, out, way ahead before this uh, football people get out. So this kind of a moha where you create, at least here you have societies, families, nationalities, they create football fans and football hooligans and things like that. That's another kind of moha. But even all this, uh, it's like you read about how there was one world government under some of these Vedic kings, like Ambarish or Parikshit Maharaj or Judistir Maharaj. And once they had established the world rule, there was no more war. It's almost unimaginable because now we have United Nations but still there's something like 42 wars going on around the world. So it's not been successful to stop the war. Prabhupada explained that every country has its own interests. So one country's interest may compete with another country's so then they don't agree. You see, but if you have one world government, then there's only one country, and then everybody can agree. No choice. <laughs> anyway, then if we go from moha, which is this uh, bodily concept of life, whatever this is, my body, my body's property, my body's country, family, society, the sectarian violence that goes on in the world, my sect versus your sect. So that grows more intense into Mahamoha, Mahatama, mad after material enjoyment, increasing the fever. Now it's a very fever to enjoy more and more. So that's very... So Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was 
giving people spiritual bliss. We find that people chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. They get spiritual bliss. They actually change their whole consciousness. When Brahma, he was facing this difficulty, so he was disgusted with this ignorant covering he had from his shadow body of all this ignorance that he gave up his body. So Brahma is able to give up his body at will and then take on a new one. So whenever he gets a body he didn't like, later when he was being, at- he was being attacked for sex by some demons he created, then he went to Vishnu to save him and then Vishnu said, give up the body. So he gave up the body which became the twilight and then the demons went after the twilight which they thought was a beautiful woman. So Brahma can give up his body when it's not favorable. But we don't have that. If we give up our body, we don't, then we take a new birth again. It's not. But we can change our body. We can change our body spiritually by purifying it, by chanting. Chetodarpanamarjanam. Cleansing the consciousness, the mirror of the consciousness by chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Jagai Madai, were born as a Brahmana family, but they were totally in all of these. They were Tama, Tamisra, what's that? Anda, Tamisra, Tamas, Moha, and Mahamoha. They were in all total ignorance. So they were trying to enjoy life and they didn't care how much suffering they caused other people. It says that uh, in uh, Yamalok they were designing special hell just for them. The 26 normal prefab hells they have weren't good enough. So there's some job for architects in the next life you can design hells also. So they're designing a special hell. I don't say exactly what was the features of that hell but uh, it was it was in the drawing table. But somehow by Nityananda Prabhu's mercy they surrendered. And then Lord Chaitanya forgave them for all of their sins. So Chaitanya Bhagavat explains that there was a big commotion, Yamaloka that all the accountants, when they saw that uh, Jagai Madai's account was wiped clean, they approached Yamaraj and told him 
And he said, how much sin did they have? How much karma did they accumulate? The karmas. And uh, they said, it's so much to take, you know, like warehouses after warehouses just to write. Then that's why I found it. They said, we were designing a special hell just for them. So, you don't know now, there's some pretty heavy demons in the world today. You don't know how many, what kind of future awaits them. But then said Yamaraj, he, he fell unconscious when he heard how such a sinful person was delivered by Nitai Gaur. So they were fanning him and trying to revive him, but he wasn't reviving. So then, so happened that Shiva appeared and he saw that uh, Yamaraj was unconscious. He asked what happened. They explained that he fainted when he heard how these two sinners had been delivered. So no, he's not fainted, he's in ecstasy. He's in trance. Hearing the greatness of Goranga! Nityananda! Goranga! Nityananda! So, he said, get chant Hare Krishna and he'll revive. So they started to chant Hare Krishna. Sure enough, Yamaraj revived. And there in Yamalok, rejoicing on Gornitai's reformation, purification of great sinners. They're all chanting and dancing in ecstasy. Normally when you go to prison, the people come out, they again do crime. In fact, they say you go into prison to get more bad association. You learn new tricks from the hardened criminals inside. In uh, Malaysia, they have drug rehabilitation center. You have a choice if you're a user. If you're a dealer, it's the death penalty. If you're a user, you can go to that drug rehabilitation center where they put you through that withdrawal symptoms, a cold turkey, they want you to remember how much hellish it is. I saw somebody screaming once going through the withdrawals. I said, what's that? They said, he's a drug addict going through withdrawals. So horrible, unbelievable, the way he was screaming and grabbing his stomach. And so we do programs at this drug rehabilitation center where we teach the people I mean, at least the, the Hindus and some Chinese that want to come. We, we, have, we give them courses in Bhakti Yoga and chanting Hare Krishna. And they say that normally 80% who go through that rehabilitation go back to drugs. But, but, but 60% of the people who took the Hare Krishna program didn't go back to drugs. So they were very, very thankful. I don't know if this, how many places they're still doing. 
But this shows that even in a short time, even under that kind of difficult situation, there's a visible change of consciousness. Ultimately our body, consciousness is what's important. That gets changed by chanting Hare Krishna and following Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's program. So we can't change our body just on the spot and get a nice, fresh, new, clean body like Lord Brahma does. So we can purify our body. We can purify our mind and consciousness. And that's like changing our body. It may take a little while, some days, weeks, months, years, but not so long. But we have to concentrate and chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. By reading that Srimad Bhagavatam, that also purifies us, that will help to insulate us. When we know all these kinds of ignorance, be a little somewhat vaccinated, from this, if we're reading every day, Nitya Bhagavata Sevaya, we get rid of the Abhadresu, all the unwanted contaminations. By reading the Srimad Bhagavatam and hearing it every day. So this is very important. And now that when you can identify the disease, these five kinds of ignorance, these are our problem. These are the things we don't want to fall in. That's why when the devotees, Prabhupada said that they love their, the grihastas, they, they love their, there was, who was it? I think it was Malati. They she asked why you, you want to take care of your daughter? Or why you she said, well, it's my duty. Prabhupada said, no, because you love your child and you want the best for your child. So you want your child to be liberated, to be Krishna conscious. That's the best thing for your child. Because you love your child. So we go with the flow. It's natural to love your child, but then we also identify that a child is not this body, but is a spirit soul. We want to purify, attract, somehow make Krishna consciousness attractive for the children, for the youth. Recently when I was on a tour of South America, I was very pleasantly... uh, exposed to uh, there's like many many young people hundreds of young people who are taking up Krishna consciousness very seriously kind of a youth revolution in many countries there at least like in Peru and Bolivia and a number of countries I saw this you know each place had a huge number of youth and their youth were also doing different uh, programs and dramas. And it was very exciting for you, which is usually because some places the youth don't take it up so enthusiastic. Even in Malaysia also, a lot of youth are taking it up. And uh, so this, this is what we're hoping for, to make Krishna Khan's very attractive for the young people, for the youth. And then in the future, hopefully they'll be able to keep up the Keep up this uh, tradition. So we want to avoid this. 
says bhakti yoga means sarvapari vinirmuktam tatparatyam nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhakti utchate that we are free of all kinds of material designations pure in consciousness we are the servant of the master of the senses rishikesh this is bhakti from the narada what's it called narada pancharatra so i hope that everybody so we we may have our external identification as a particular upadi a particular designation as a nationalism but we know our real home is vrindavan mayapur that krishna is our real relative he's our mother he's our father he's our guru he's our everything and that was said namahatta song krishna krishna mata krishna pita krishna dano pran yes he's our treasure he's our life So the devotees, so they develop this kind of consciousness, which is normally very tough. We're all, how would somebody know this? Tamas and tamisranda, tamisra moha, maha moha. But it's possible. By the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, also here in India, they're doing uh, prison preaching. Some of the prisoners who are who are doing things which are very much uh, tamasic so they got put in prison and now they're also chanting hari krishna i went to some prisons and saw that uh, doing 16 rounds or more they know how to play midranga they have regular bhagavad gita classes haridas thakur was also preaching in the prison He told the prisoners, "You are all fortunate." They wanted to beat him. You're fortunate because you think you know you're in the prison, but the other people outside they think they're free. <laughs> but they're actually in the big material world is also a prison. So we want to orient ourselves to please Krishna. Then we'll be very easily freed from this prison. When I think the Kurma Prabhu's here, and he was. chanting for uh, my god brother all our proper disciple uh, nirguna prabhu in mayapur and i saw him during the radhastami i was surprised that his condition got worse he had a cancer cancer is taking so many of our devotees now but i heard on the day that he left he woke up in the morning the devotees were chanting for him and he raised up his arms and he was smiling and chanting kumapu told me this morning he has a video how many people leave their body smiling going back to godhead someone also told me someone else was passing with and he said prabhupad you've come and then fell unconscious Sapopadki. So unfortunately, we cannot. Also, recently, one of my uh, disciples, Achutta Govinda, 
Achuta Goranga. Goranga, he, he also got a cancer. And he was brought here to Vrindavan and he was also here and he just uh, left with all the devotees chanting and reading for him. He came to Vrindavan and he also left here. So during the Govardhan Puja day in the month of Damodar. So unfortunately, unfortunately, we do have to leave this body sooner or later. And we want to do it in the Krishna consciousness. We're aware that we're not this body. The body is a source of so much ignorance. Prabhupada said this body is like intoxication. So here the Vrindavan and the Mayapur and holy places, they're meant for their gateways to go back to Godhead. So this is, uh, once Prabhupada came in Mayapur, sat down in his uh, seat and he took a glass of water in a golden goblet. He drank it without touching. Ah. He did like that. Ah. He said, Mayapur. Living and dying in Mayapur, it's all the same. You live in Mayapur, you're in the spiritual world. You die in Mayapur, you go back to Godhead. The Vrindavan, the Mayapur is the Gupta Vrindavan. So Gupta Vrindavan, the real Vrindavan here is the living here, dying here, it's all the same. Living in a spiritual world, going back to the spiritual world. One thing of course, in Vrindavan you have to be careful. You get thousand times the benefit for any devotional service here and for any aparat thousand times. So don't do any aparatus in Vrindavan. The way Mayapur, you don't get the aparatus. <laughs> Take shelter there, I'm a very offensive person. <laughs> but, uh, so this, you have to be careful here. Thank you for coming and serving for Prabhupada. This is the place he left the world. He told you to leave in Maya from Vrindavan or Mayapur, one of the two. Then he asked for the, the to go to Mayapur, just in uh, October and well, maybe beginning of November. And then he, they sent out three Mercedes Benz to pick him up and take him to the airplane and then fly him to Calcutta. In Mayapur, I went back to Mayapur. We we're all ready. We we're wow, Prabhupada's coming. Of course, we weren't thinking he's coming to leave his body. <laughs> that was like unthinkable. We we're hoping to get better to be, you know, we don't want him to leave from anywhere. But uh, then all those cars broke down. Or maybe there was a plot, I don't know. But they were told they all broke down. <laughs> now I got a conspiracy. <laughs> no, anyway, they, they broke down and they didn't make it in time. Prabhupada said, so it's Krishna desire to stay in Vrindavan. So Prabhupada had his lila here and told us to make a puspa samadhi in the Mayapur. So hope you all come sometime see the puspa samadhi. We just had uh, 4,000 people there for the yatra and we did uh, everyone offering lamps and Bhakti Bingo Vindamaras was singing beautiful uh, bhajans, uh, samsara prayer and everything. And Radhanath Swami was singing for the Prabhupada disappearance. So. This year, normally we have a, a more subdued, beautiful, but subdued compared to here, but this year was something very special.
but we have to celebrate both the places. Remembering how Prabhupada also, he came to the Holy Dham, took shelter of Krishna Balaram and went back to Godhead. So this is what we do, we serve all our life and then Prabhupada said, work now, samadhi later and then when in the last period of our life we take shelter of the Holy Dham, but Bhaktitirtha Swami decided to take shelter of Gita Nagari to show that also the temples in the West are Holy Dhams. And then I once I had a disciple who uh, in uh, Italy and she went to the hospital and said, you got cancer. You only have about a week to live. What can you do for me? We give you morphine. Cut the pain. That's nothing. You're, it's all over your body. You're finished. She so said, what, what, so what do you want us to do for you? She said, give me an ambulance. So what do you want an ambulance for? So I want to go to the temple. You can't do anything for me, so I might as well go to the temple. Because there I can go back to Godhead. It's a special gateway back to Godhead. So they gave her an ambulance. The ambulance pulled up into the Migalago, Migalago temple. The devotees were kind enough to give her a room. Somehow she got relief. As soon as she had the darshan of the deities, she heard Prabhupada's lectures and everything for eight days. And the eighth day, she started getting serious again. And all the devotees came in the room and was chanting for her. Even um, uh, the GBC there, Mahara uh, Savita um, Prabhu came and he also said, he said, he walked in the room and he saw her open her mouth and say, Hare Krishna, and leave her body. And he was shouting out at the same time, Hare Krishna, and everybody was chanting. So our temples also places, we may have to have like in our temples a, like here at Vrindavan, they're making a, I don't know if it's made, or they're making the hospice, I think it's made. Now in Mayapur, we want to have a hospice too, because people come there to leave, have a little more facility for them. But wherever, some people may come to temple to die, even in other parts of the world, because they know that the temples also holy abodes, like maybe the, this is a dam, it's like embassy, or extension of the spiritual world, but the, Temples also like embassies or what do you call uh, council generals, consulates. They're also extensions of the spiritual world in a smaller sense. So like that. We had to battle with this tamas, change our body by chanting Hare Krishna. So of course if you're eating prasad every day, which time for prasad now, after some scientists say 12 years, some say 7 years, you change all the cells in your body. So that means if you've been eating prasadam for say around 7 or 12 years, you already got a prasadam body. <laughs> so you change your body. Haribo! Mahaprasad ki! Harinam ki! Bhakti Yoga ki! Krishnabalaram ki! Gornitai ki! Radhe Sham ki! Saprabhupad ki! Srimad Bhagavatam ki! Any question or comment? <laughs>